obviously look at Serbia because we know that, that it's going to be a tough game. There's a lot of pressure in the game, there's a lot riding on the game. It's just up to us to now go and put the performance in that we know can be good enough to take us there. Big squad, talented squad and hopefully the squad that can deliver. It's a small chapter in the history of Scottish football and, and these players have a chance to to put themselves into that history book. As soon as you pull on your country's jersey, you'll give everything. The Goal Radio Football Show with Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Darren O'Dea. Have your say. Call 0808 17 17 700. Let's go! You know, you need to be excited coming into these games, playing against these top players. It's something that needs to excite you. And if it doesn't, then, you know, you're in the wrong place. But you need to enjoy these moments in your career. They don't come around very often. It will be at the top end of everybody's, what they've done their career, if we can get a result in this, this game. And that's the way we need to look at it, is coming up against quality players. It's what you want to do want it from for everyone else just as much as we want it for ourselves um, of course it'll be absolutely massive but we, we can't get too caught up in it all obviously we're aware of what's at stake but we can't let that affect the performance but I'm just I'm just delighted to be back involved it was it was hard missing out on last month on injury and watching in but I was still in the, the group chat with the lads and I was absolutely delighted for them all that's Scott McKenna and before him Kenny McLean 48 hours and counting ahead of the big match in Belgrade can Scotland get the job done what do you think What's your team for that game in Serbia on Thursday night? And what about Rangers? Can they keep up this incredible unbeaten run and land the title? Or is the Celtic winning machine back in gear? Are you happy again with Neil Lennon? Let us know. Get involved on the Goat Radio football show. 0808 17 17 700. You can make a point. You can ask a question. You can text GO in your message to 87474. Or you can send us a message or let us know what you're thinking on the socials at Go Football Show. It's Rob McLean here. Oz and Daz are here. <laughs> I might not use that one again. Uh, Craig Moore and Darren D are with me in the studio ahead of the massive match for Scotland uh, Thursday night. We'll be talking that. We'll also be looking back on the weekend and the last matches before the international break when it was 12-1 for Rangers against Lanarkshire as uh, Rangers put eight past Hamilton, Celtic scored four at Motherwell. Lots to talk about, lots for you to get involved with as well. But let's start by talking about the big match for Scotland on Thursday with an Australian and an Irishman with me in the studio. And when you dig back into your reserves of memories, both playing and supporting Ireland, Darren, is there a match that comes to mind that compares with what Scotland have here in Serbia Thursday? Um, from my point of view as a player it was Bosnia we had Bosnia to uh, is a, in a playoff before we went to Euro 2012 we had the first leg and won 4-0 which was um, Bosnia sorry Estonia um, and as a fan I remember there was a playoff against Iran but I remember the fever pitch that as a fan more as a player as a player it was I, I was very aware of, of how big the game was and I, I'm listening to the players talking how much it means to the country it doesn't. It's about you as a player and as a squad. You want to get there. You want to represent your country. As a fan, it's different. You, the the kind of build up to it is huge. The nerves are huge. Um, so I probably actually was affected more as a as a fan than I was actually a player. It is fever pitch, isn't it, for Scotland? But it's this strange situation, of course, where under normal circumstances, Craig, uh, there would have been a, a fair old uh, battalion of the Tartan army uh, yeah. heading for Belgrade on Thursday. Uh, that ain't happening, but it, but it doesn't stop the, the passion that we all feel in this country and, and the hope that we have that Scotland can finally do it. 
Yeah, no, look, I've, I've been through a similar experience in terms of the, the, the men's side of the game in Australia. It was 32 years uh, it took uh, for Australia to repeat World Cup efforts, uh, 2006. So, you know, as Darren uh, mentioned, we, we had the, the, the great, a great night in Australia in 2005 where John Aloisi scored a, a win and penalty in a penalty shootout against Uruguay to finally to, to, to get there. And look, I had 12 years here in Scotland, so obviously grown, you know, the, the, the emotion and the feeling towards the country, the people, but but also the national team. I mean, I know we've got the domestic league, which consumes a lot of us, but for the national team, I think that the importance of being able to qualify for, uh, for regular international competitions, it just has so many... Uh, flow-on positive effects to, to the game in general. You know, you're talking about the, the, the exposure that the players then get at that top level, which then, you know, normally means that you end up seeing players at the best clubs um, in the best countries in the world. So, look, really, really important. Massive game. Uh, again, um, away from home, but without the, the crowd uh, and the fans, hopefully that can play into to the favour of Scotland. It's just the, the pain we feel, Darren. I mean, you've been here for a long time in this country as well. So it, it's the pain uh, we feel going down, going back 22 years. Um, and it all comes down to 90 minutes or maybe 120 minutes, maybe penalties as well in Serbia on Thursday. Yeah, I think we're lucky. I say we're all lucky. We're all attached that I've experienced with Ireland. I think we were 18 years without going without a tournament. And it, 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 the pressure mounts. When the longer you go without the pressure mounts, and the players, the players will feel it. The players will know exactly what it meant because we've discussed this before. When you're with your club, your family don't necessarily support your club, but usually your family will be from where you're from. <laughs> so they'll know their family members, their friends. Everyone will be talking about. It. Everyone will be will be getting onto them. Obviously, there's no tickets. You'd usually have family members on. You'll have. 30, 40 people at the game. I remember going, I'm talking about the Estonia game, I think it's 60 tickets for people. That's and, and you know when you carry that. So there's going to be enormous pressure on them, but they're in really good form and hopefully they can do it. Yeah, eight games unbeaten for Scotland. I'm not sure how far we have to go back to uh, to get a similar run. So Stevie Clark is beginning to get the message across. It's beginning to happen. There is this uh, tight bond now within the squad. Uh, but... In terms of the teams Scotland have played up till now and beaten in recent games to get to this stage, uh, well, it definitely goes up a step now when we play Serbia Thursday in terms of difficulty. Every game is different. Serbia game is, is, is certainly different, the way they play. The problems they can cause us when they've got the ball and hopefully the problems that we can cause them when they've got the ball are slightly different from the last two games where we were at home. We had a good defensive shape last two games. We need to be a good defensive shape this, in this game coming up against Serbia. We'll probably have to tweak the, the way we defend slightly just to, just to cope with what they've got. I wonder what that means, Craig, um, when he says uh, tweaking it slightly for for this game. Can we have any more defenders than five? <laughs> <laughs> not well, normally not at the same time on the field. Uh, but look, I, I, I think the the exciting part. I mean, I know that you know tweaking and 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 changing of formations and systems or whatever. But I think what what Steve Clark has now is uh, a good squad, right? Where virtually for the biggest game for a long, long time, he's virtually got. Um, the squad, the strongest squad possible. That, of course, for a coach gives headaches in terms of what um, you know, what players, what starting eleven players are going to go go out and, and and hit the ground, hopefully running. The depth of the squad, the the, the challenges throughout that match in terms of being able to manage the game, depending on what actually happens, is very very important. So the substitutes play a huge part. The whole squad 
uh, is invested into to, to doing the right things. But in terms of maybe tweaks, I think it was a uh, was it the last game uh, against Czech Republic where where Scotland probably played a little bit more open and it was praised and obviously they got the result. Um, being away from home in a uh, an encounter where it's it's do or die, I'm pretty sure it'll be a cautious start to make sure that defensively they're sound and uh, to make sure that. Um, they don't leave too many gaps and spaces for, for this Serbia team because technically very, very good. If they're allowed to, to drop into pockets, they're, they're comfortable, they're able to play the final ball. So I think it'll be a, a compact performance set up from Scotland, but you must then have an outlet and look dangerous in terms of um, going forward offensively. And, and I think it's, that's that's the balance that Scotland have to get right. I think I think Kilmarnock, Steve Clark at Kilmarnock, obviously a different formation, but the way he played at Kilmarnock where they draw teams onto them and try to hit them on the counter Kamarnock waited for you to make mistakes they were so compact they were so disciplined in, in sitting in slots you couldn't provoke them out but then when they did they pressed you really really hard and then they waited for mistakes I think that's what Scotland will do away at Serbia on Thursday No Ryan Fraser of course I mean he he would have been such a good outlet and uh, it's it's possibly all the more annoying that he's not long back uh, playing and now he's out of, of the squad and I'm sure he would have been a stick on to play had it been available this was Stevie Clark's reaction not just to his withdrawal but also Grant Hanley Ryan played the last two games in, in a slightly different position for us and it, it seemed to help the team so it's a blow but it's also going to be a, a big chance for, for someone else to come in and, and grab the moment uh, Grant hasn't been involved with us we were hoping that he would come along this time fought hard to come back from injuries played a lot of games for Norwich recently and he, he just felt a tightness in his hamstring that's, that's going to keep him out of the game so that's disappointing for Grant we've got we've got good cover in the squad Yeah, certainly good cover defensively and I'm uh, I'm not sure he would have been involved in any of the, the three games uh, certainly not not this one but Ryan Fraser, well well, he was a, a stick on and that is Darren a, a massive blow that he's not available maybe makes team selection a little bit easier for Stevie Clark but but I think he would have liked to have uh, him in the frame yeah he would have and if we're talking about playing a little bit deeper in the pitch mm. his speed would have been massive at the top end I'm not convinced he was a stick on no no I think Ryan Christie has, would have had a chance of coming in I do believe certainly Ryan Fraser's in fact all 11 players gave Steve Clark a problem over the last three games because how do you leave any of them out especially with the results they've had but quite clearly there's going to be a couple of changes um, Ryan Fraser been an enforced one and then you'd imagine Kieran Tierney will come in for Andy Constein after that I think much of a muchness I think it'll be similar to, to what you've seen Ryan Fraser of course playing these days with one of your old teams Craig he's at Newcastle um, hasn't played too much football for them because he's obviously had to find fitness and, and form uh, having been out of the loop for a while since since leaving Bournemouth mm-hmm. but I mean, he, he's, he's been so good for Scotland in the last couple of games just for getting them up the pitch. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got speed. Uh, and, and when you've got players that have got pace, they're, they're able to get you 20, 30 yards further up the field. Um, and when you're, you're looking at being nice and, and compact, and, and the modern-day game, a lot of teams now are playing, where, again, making themselves hard to, to be, uh, break down. But then they've got the the pace in the in the attack and that transition. It it, it happens so quickly and and that's where Fraser is is fantastic because he's got that pace. He will cause issues. He does get in behind. He makes those forward runs, uh, and like I said, it does drive you further up the field. So look, he'll, he'll be a miss, um, but there's an opportunity for somebody else to 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 have what hopefully will be a, a really memorable night for Scotland. And here's Stevie Clark on that very subject. 
Well, as we sit here just now, I'm just waiting on the last two or three coming into the camp. They're arriving a little bit later, but if, they, if they're all OK, I, th I think we've got enough to, to go with what we have. I did pick a slightly larger squad, mindful of the fact that you'll, normally you get one or two people dropping out, so I, I think we've got enough. But what about the striking area? We do know that Lyndon Dykes uh, will play, but who is going to be the closest thing to Scotland's number nine on Thursday night? There's a position up front that's available. Before Ryan Fraser was in the position, Ryan Christie was doing it for us and doing it very well. Stuart Armstrong's in top form for Southampton, doing really well. More an attacking midfield player, Stuart, than, than an actual second striker. And then you've got Ollie McBurney, who's, who I like. I think he's a good player. I think he's, he's got a lot to offer us. Him and Lyndon against Israel in the, the first game was a decent combination. And, and Lee being Lee, we all know that his, his qualities are in and around the 18-yard box. And, and hopefully he can bring something like that into the camp. So I've got a team drafted out here. We, we did it last time you were in, Darren, uh, when the, that was the day the squad was named. Um, so we've got Marshall, I've got Marshall in goals, McTominay, Gallagher and Tierney as a back three. Uh, O'Donnell and Robertson as the wing backs. Jack McGregor, ahead of them, Christian McGinn and Dykes. Is that is that it? Just got a rope down there. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. And is, is that a box? Is that a box? Those four um, midfield is that a box type formation? Well, it depends. Be? If you played, if you played, obviously with uh, McBurney through the middle, it's two kind of recognised centre forwards. That's why I think a Christie or sorry Ryan Fraser wasn't necessarily stick on. I think Christie gives you that little bit more in maybe the defensive shape when they are, and he's still got the energy and, and athleticism to go up the pitch. Um, yeah, a box. I, I think out of possession, the name of the game would be get behind the ball for Scotland um, and then break from there. And, and certainly with McGinn and, and Christie, you've got serious energy to get up and, and get round Dykes when they win it back. The only one I've got um, written down the side as a, as a can, as a can I possibly, can we elbow him into that starting lineup? would be Stuart Armstrong, yeah. um, who, who scored at, at the weekend. At the weekend and, and he's been playing really well for a Southampton team that's up at the top end of the English Premier League. He's, he's certainly going to be putting his hand up, isn't he? Like I said, Southampton doing fantastically well this season. Got a, a great result again over the weekend. Gets on the score sheet. So he's done everything he possibly can to to certainly pose those questions. Uh, and you know, he's an intelligent player, gets himself in good areas, does have an eye for goal. And away from home, uh, you know, it might, it might be really, really tight. It might just be that one goal. So, you know, the players that are able and have shown that they've done that at the highest level are very, very important at this stage. What do you think? What would your Scotland team be for Thursday? How confident are you that Scotland can get the job done as well? 0808 17 17 700. You can get involved in the show uh, by <laughs> dialing that number. You can text us. Uh, go and your message to 87474. And on the socials, it's at Go Football Show. We'd be pleased to hear from you. Talking Scotland. Uh, also, of course, uh, talking the title race, which goes into a, a two week break now. But Rangers and Celtic both. Uh, going into that break on fine form at the weekend 8-0 it was for Rangers let's hear from uh, their manager Stephen Gerrard about his ruthless team yeah the last two times we've played Hamilton here we beat them 5-0 and we took our chances the game that we lost 1-0 we created 31 opportunities and we never showed that ruthlessness or we wasn't relentless enough and clinical enough as you said today we were we had the quality in the final third to open them up and take our chances and we, we maybe could have had one or two more I have to say, I just saw the highlights of, of the game uh, as, as Hamilton were completely dismantled. Barry, uh, Barry Ferguson, who was in here last night, uh, he saw the whole thing, Craig, uh, and he was saying, well, it could have been 10, 12, 15 goals against Hamilton. Yeah, and that was very, very comfortable for uh, Rangers. 
uh, I think it was maybe five five changes from midweek, and more importantly, then those players come in and have a huge impact and and start the game very very well. So I think it was like there was three goals in in four minutes, and all of a sudden, uh, Hamilton. I've got to give credit credit to Hamilton in terms of they 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 come to Ibrox and they look to play. You know, in the end, the the open style of play that um, they set out to it, it was you know it was punished, and I think. That, that ruthlessness that Steven Gerrard had touched on that he's seen it um, at the weekend but it definitely could have been it could have been more goals um, but I think Rangers will just be happy to get a, a, a again a convincing performance at home another clean sheet eight goals and, and Jermaine Defoe doesn't get on the goal sheet so I don't know how he's going to enjoy the, the, <laughs> the, the long wait but it's a nice position to be in, isn't it? I know. I couldn't quite believe as that as that game was developing that uh, when the goals were flying in, that I kept asking, Jermaine Defoe got one of those goals? No, not yet. And he didn't get any of the of the eight. Is it a sign, Darren, of, of where Rangers are getting to, how much they've developed and progressed, that four up at half time, they don't switch off, they don't uh, go into cruise control, they just bang in another four? Yeah, I've heard Stephen Jarrett before kind of, break the game down to nearly halves where they've won a game comfortably maybe 2-0 but he's they've been 2-0 up at half time and he's he's talked about that killer instinct that top teams do that to you they smell blood and they want more and top players as you're saying Jermaine Defoe probably comes out of the game as much as he's delighted his team's won he wants goals and I think top players especially front players they don't care the scoreline of 6-0 the team's won they want their own goals yeah. they want their own targets to be hit um, so there's no doubt Rangers are in fantastic form at the minute Um and it's it's down to Celtic now to to close the the points gap that they've obviously accumulated. And Celtic certainly responded, didn't they, to uh, what had happened on on Thursday night at home to Sparta Prague. Um, it was uh, not a good night for Neil Lennon and Co. And they wanted to see results at Motherwell, and they did. I think that was you know the players, you know their motivation was high today. They know that they can play a lot better than what they showed, and you've seen that today. And it's not just about levels. I still think we can you know make inroads in Europe, maybe not qualify, but certainly put in you know performances that they're capable of, which we didn't do on Thursday. So we had a few choice words with them, and it needed to be said, but they responded brilliantly, and um, you know we looked far more like ourselves. You know, there's no question that. He'll be disappointed, Darren, about the break that it's now because what he wants is to go on a, a winning run. It's not about one result, one win. It's got to be a, a series of them. Yeah, it does. And I, I was obviously at the game um, on Thursday. I, I had a feel on Thursday that Celtic needed the break. Um, and I, I don't know what you mean by they get the result. I think I think it's not a bad thing. I think it's not a bad thing to get away. They've played since the last international break. They've played every three days. I think the players, I know they mightn't get the physical break because a lot of them are away in internationals, which I'm sure the club would, would want to avoid, especially after the last kind of debacle of players coming back with COVID symptoms or having to isolate or, or actually got the virus. But I think they could do with the break. I think it was job done on Sunday against Motherwell. Um, but there's kind of a long way to go to get into full rhythm, if you like. Um, but there's only one way of doing that is winning football matches. And they did that on Sunday well. Do you get that, Craig? The the need to refresh and and regroup, maybe. Yeah, I, look, I, I certainly understand um, that that side of things. I think what uh, Neil Lennon was was asking from his squad was uh, that hunger and desire. And I think probably the the game against Motherwell at Fur, Fur Park. Um, that's what I that's what I've seen in terms of a real intensity of again energy getting about the ball. When we when they lost it, it was like boom. It was it. 
getting that ball back, and all of a sudden then you're in areas of the field where you're able to control things and dictate play. And I think that that energy from Celtic at, at the weekend, oh, I thought that was a huge improvement to what we've seen midweek. You know, I thought down the flanks that they 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 struggled in terms of you know where Sparta Prague obviously hurt them, um, but it was more the response of the the individuals and that intensity and and that bite that a manager wants because they've got better players than the majority of the team. So if you have that side of things, you go on and win the game comfortably like they did. It's Craig Moore, it's Darren Adi, it's Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show. You can join us. Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Yeah, the football chat is off and running for a Tuesday, Monday to Friday, 5 till 7. The Go Radio Football Show. Lots of uh, League Cup football uh, tonight. East Fife against Hearts, Wraith Rovers, Inverness in Group A, Dundee Cove, Forfort against Brora in Group B. Group C, well, it's the headliner, isn't it? It's Calty Hearts against Peterhead. It's the Go Grudge match. It's Ferry against Fergie. It's Sai and Barry in opposition tonight in Fife. Don't watch alone. Uh, St Johnston against Dundee United is the other game in the group. Uh, it's Elgin and Ross County. Sterling Albion against Montrose. Clyde Kilmarnock, Dumbarton, Falkirk. Albion Rovers against Annan. Queen's Park, Queen of the South. Stenhouse Muir against Livingston. Those are tonight's games. There are three uh, League Cup games tomorrow night. It's the Betfred, of course. Stranraer against Hamilton. St Mirren against Morton. That's a Renfrewshire derby, of course. And it's Airdrionians against Edinburgh City. And uh, 48 hours away from Scotland against Serbia in Belgrade. Um, it's the Go Radio Football Show, 0808 17 17 700. Feel free to join in. Stevie from Paisley just has done. Hi, Stevie. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Very well. What, what would you like to say? Well, first things first is that's going to be a crunch one by Sai and Barry. Wonderful. So we'll still be talking to each other by the end of the night. Well, they weren't talking to each other beforehand, so I don't think rela- <laughs> relations will be no better. Uh, I would uh, imagine but it's going to be interesting uh, tomorrow they're, they're both on the show tomorrow night so uh, one will have a big smile the other will have a bl- black cloud over their head but uh, yeah. the the chat should be good uh, tomorrow night I think on reflection yeah, uh, I've got a question for Craig Muir actually yeah fire away because he played uh, Roy McCoyst um, do you think Alfredo's goals mean less because it was the Europa League because Ali scored in the Champions League didn't he and, yeah, you, and, yeah. and, 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 Ali, and the European and, Cup, I suppose, yeah. And, and Ali lets you know that as well, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, uh, yeah. Nah, but look, Stevie, oh, look, goals at the at the top level, European football, uh, Champions League, Europa, look, that's that's top level. That's top level. So Morelos's record, I don't think anybody questions the uh, the value uh, in, in, in terms of what he has achieved um, and, and what games. I mean, like... He, Otherwise, you can keep going back. Okay, well, maybe it was a league stronger then, or was it not as strong? Yeah. It's like the goals are goals, and um, and and strikers are always desperate to score goals, and it's a fantastic record um, that was in place, and obviously oh, now now broken by by Morelos. So I think that's um, something he should Go be delighted. He should be delighted with, mate, because he's worked he's he's worked hard. Uh, at times, yeah. at times, his uh, his demeanour uh, and petulance, but he's. Look, he's, he's matured as a player and he's offered so much to, to Rangers and, and it's a, an incredible record. Um, so yeah, fair play to him. What do you think, Stevie? I'm not sure, to be honest, because Super Ali, well, I'm a Rangers fan myself and Super Ali was my hero. Um, mm. So I'm not sure if it's... Uh, don't get me wrong, he's a brilliant player and he's calmed down a lot. But 
I don't know if it's the same level. Yeah, I mean, what what, what can't be faulted uh, is some of the goals coming against really top opposition. I mean, six oh, go- yeah. six goals in the group uh, last season, and, and that's two already, one against Lech Poznan and, and one against Benfica. So although he is scoring some in, in qualifiers against, you would say, lesser teams, well, a, a, yeah. a, a lot of his goals have come against really good top quality defences. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the, that's the thing. And the thing that worries me as well is, is a temperament and it's calmed down big time. So it's it's our Rangers top and ten. That's a big question for Craig. Uh, uh, look, I think that this is this is Rangers season. I, I, look, I've I've said that from I so. <laughs> uh, I've said that from day dot. But you know, trophies are not handed out un, until May. So I think oh, the, yeah. the the learning for for Rangers uh, in particular over the last two seasons. I know there's not a winter shutdown this uh, this season, but. From from January on, um, performances have not been uh, what they needed to be to, yep. to to keep pressure on potentially winning something. So, signs early doors um, uh, is that there's been a, again huge improvement to the squad. Um, you know, players when they're called upon are coming in and doing their jobs, and the clean sheets are speaking for themselves, and 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 the results are coming. But still a long there's way to go. There's more competition. There's more competition for places this season. It's, and that's sorry, and that's good for that's good for players, you know, because if, yeah. if all of a sudden you think that, you know, you you don't really need to push yourself at training and you're you're going to start every week and all that. Uh, normally, these are the teams that, that are not going to be lifting trophies. Celtic have have done it for a, for a long period of time, and it's because of that that competitive nature within the squad. Yeah. Uh, and knowing that one poor performance, you're not playing next week. That is what drives success. Stevie, let's yeah, get let's no. get let's get down to these thoughts on this because that moment will come around even without a winter break. If things were to yeah. continue as they are into January, um, and the league is still going at that point, we're still we're still off and running. Uh, yeah. Can Rangers turn the corner at the turn of the year, Darren, and not do what they've done the last couple of seasons? Right now, yes, yes. Right now, Rangers are in top form. Um, they're not kind of. They're not scraping results. They're they're winning convincingly. They look really strong. You've both touched on it that they've got strength and depth. Players are coming in that that aren't first eleven players, but performing at a really high level. They make five, five changes at the weekend. Go yeah. and win eight 0 That's a a squad that is in really good form. That is a really good mentality. The question marks you're asking only time. Only time will tell. Mm-hmm. Right now, though, all Rangers can do, and you, you keep hearing Stephen Gerrard talk about. He only ever talks about the next game. He won't talk beyond that. Wow. So all they can do is look after the next game, and at the minute, that's what they're doing. We'll find out at the end of the season how far it gets them, and and, and I'm sure there'll be loads of twists and turns along the way. Yeah. Well, Stevie, let, let's have a listen to the manager. This is what Stephen Gerrard said on the back of that eight 0 win against Hamilton about squad strength. Well, it gives me confidence and trust to, to maybe try it again sometime. You know, I've got real faith in the players that are coming in. I, I, you know, the squad's been growing and building over the last couple of years. We still want to continue that, but we've got a real strong group of players now, and I've got selection dilemmas in every position, which is a good problem to have. The most pleasing thing today was not necessarily the goals or the scoreline, it was the standards. We maintained it from start to finish, which is great to see. Yeah, I mean, what we did on the on the yeah. show last night was was uh, draw up uh, a Rangers team. In fact, he is. I, I scribbled this down last night as a an eleven who didn't start against Hamilton okay. uh, on Sunday. So McLaughlin mm-hmm. in goals, Patterson, Edmondson, Hillander, Bassi, uh, Zungu, Davis, Kamara, Haji, Barker, or Jones, and Morelos. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a bad eleven. And they, they, did, and they didn't start. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's where the improvement has been, uh, Stevie. I'm sure you would agree in terms of the the, yeah. the quality and depth now of the squad. Exactly. 
Um, I've got another question just while Rob actually mentioned that there. What's your thoughts, Craig, on... Because obviously you worked under one of the best managers, Walter Smith. Um, what would he have done with Jones and Edmondson? Oh, is it? Is it? <laughs> Look, that's it, a question for you. No, it's a, t- it's a top question. Look, I think clearly it was irresponsible behaviour. Um, you know, yeah. and, and when... When there's so much at stake, um, and 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 a, and a group and a club come together, um, then you let people down. And when you uh, well, when you now. when you lose that trust, um, not saying that you, you're never ever given that second opportunity because we all make mistakes. I've made them myself. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I think it's a it's a bit of a longer road back to first team football. Let's say if if that is going to be the return for these two players. Well. There's a big, there, there was your biggest mistake in your debut for Rangers scoring an own goal at Parkhead. I was an old firm debut. It was a cracker. Well, I think I scored the week after against, against Partick Thistle, but it didn't quite cut the mustard. It didn't, it didn't quite... Uh... Cut the mustard, though, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Darren, but Darren what, what, what's, what Stephen Gerrard is really wary of at the moment is that anything interferes with the momentum that Rangers have got going for them, that anything gets into that that dressing room atmosphere at the moment, which is all positive. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's probably now in his mind. He knows there's going to come a point where they lose a game of football and how did he react off the back of that? What I would say about Celtic, because obviously it's the two, two of them going head-to-head, is Celtic are apparently across the road having a mini-crisis, but yet when the dust settles, which it will with Celtic, and they go on a run... How far are they going to be behind? Because at the minute, I know there's games in hand, it's maybe three points and that Celtic really out of form. So this is what, Rangers are in a really good moment right now. They need to try continue, but somewhere down the line, they'll have their bumps. It's how they react to them. What about James Tavernier, Stevie? How good uh, is the captain at the moment? Top form. I've, uh, like, on Facebook, you see the amount of people criticising him last year, thinking that he's not captain material. Oh, that's rubbish. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, we don't know what happens in the changing room, on the training ground, etc. We don't know exactly what he's like there. And he's proven that this year with the way he's scoring goals, setting up goals. He's probably our best player at the moment. Yeah. I mean, him and uh, Born Bazarix on the left. Mm-hmm. The two of them are they're like wingers. It's like we're playing with two, two wingers on each side, with Kent and whoever whoever's playing on the right. I just think with, with, got, with Stephen Gerrard in charge... Uh, you're not going to last as a captain, which James Tavernier has now mm. for, well, two and a half years under Stephen Gerrard's management. You're not going to last in the job for him you're not, you're not. unless you're top top man. No, no, definitely, yeah, exactly. definitely. I think, look, with the... I mean, I come back this time last year uh, and, and people were, you know, saying that, 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 that Tav's nowhere near Rangers captain. And I thought, well, what nonsense that is, you know? It's yeah, like, exactly. for me... This is a player that um, has been given the armband, who's a captain of the football club. And at that particular time, we know how good he is going forward. Uh, but again, the focus is, is defensively what he couldn't do. Uh, but again, look, the way that Rangers play, Barisic and Tavernier are, are, are certainly players that are a great outlet going forward. His goals, his penalties, obviously a lot of them are penalties, but still the, the, the output in an attacking sense has been, um, it's yeah. been out, outstanding. Defensively, he's, he's going to get better uh, and will continue to get better. But let's not also um, get away from the fact that even when Steven Gerrard come in, as, as, as great as Steven Gerrard, and he's doing a wonderful, wonderful job, he's also made mistakes. Uh, and, exactly. and, and, it's about, and it's about learning um, and, and trying to put 
those mistakes um, behind you uh, because you will make them. But I think so far what we've seen this season, and, and like I said, Tavernier I think has been a great leader. He might not be a yeah. vocal one, you know, grabbing people by the shirt and pushing them out the way and, and being that that motivator. But his, yeah. his performances are showing great leadership. Well, let's be honest, he's got Alan McGregor behind him. If he's not doing it, then he's got McGregor doing it behind him, you know. So he's, he's definitely going to be getting told anyway, you know. And look, I've, I've always said um, it's a great honour to be a, ca- a captain of a football club. But when you go well, out onto the that. when you go out onto the football field, you've got eleven captains. You've got eleven exactly. eleven people that are, are out there fighting tooth and nail to try and do their best for their mates. Yeah, exactly. Stevie, are you feeling confident that this will be the season Rangers want it to be? I'm a lot more confident than I was last season. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, well, a lot of people. I'm not re- a lot of people say that Europe gets in the way as well, that Europe is a, is an impediment to... Bo- both both sides say that at times. But surely for Rangers at the moment, it just adds to their belief. When when they get a... Re- yeah, well, right. when they get... I mean, it was still a great result in Lisbon. It could have been an absolutely wonderful result had they held on to 3-1 and won the game. Yeah, I don't think... I, I think the opposite for Celtic and Rangers. I think European football... I don't. I know without fans, so we're, we're talking in different times. But the glamour of yeah. the games, it was something to aim at all the time. I felt when European yeah. football weren't weren't at Celtic Rangers, you actually can go through the motions a little bit. You're playing against the same teams up to four times a year. Um, I think yeah. European football is huge. Yeah. I think for both clubs. Yeah. I think it gives you that distraction, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, and it's something to to look forward playing away to Benfica. Who wouldn't look forward to that? And it's a way of building building your reputation as well, isn't it? Without the yeah. without the Scottish football blinkers on, you, you look a little bit further afield, uh, and you build uh, you build a status uh, beyond what's happening in Scotland. Stevie, thank you very much for your call. Good of you to get in touch. Uh, this is the Go Radio Football Show. That was Stevie from Paisley, and you can do what he did by phoning 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Good to hear from Stevie in Paisley, a Rangers fan and very optimistic about what lies ahead this season uh, on the back of that 8-0 win against Hamilton Sunday going into the international break. 4-1 Celtic at Motherwell. Uh, nine points between them. Celtic have two games in hand. We're looking back uh, on those games at the weekend, getting your reaction to those. And we're looking forward as well, of course, to that match in Belgrade, which is 48 hours away. We're getting just a little bit excited about that one now. All sorts of international uh, matches coming up. The Scotland under-21s play Croatia on Thursday at 3. That's ahead of uh, Scotland in Serbia at 7.45. Then it's uh, Slovakia for Scotland, uh, continuing their travels. Sunday the 15th, uh, Greece against the Scotland under-21s. That's on Tuesday the 17th. Hope you're following this. I'm going to be asking questions later. Israel against the Scotland men's team Wednesday the 18th at 7.45. And then it's Scotland's women's team in Portugal on Friday the 27th of November, followed by a home game against Finland on Tuesday the 1st. Craig Moore and Darren Adia, I hope you were listening to that because I will be I will be asking questions of you about those fixtures and dates which thankfully I had written down in front of me. Let's talk to uh, the Scotland women's head coach Shelley Kerr. Hi Shelley. Good evening. How are you? Very good. Getting excited about the big game on Thursday for sure. Uh, what are you thinking? 
Well, when it comes to Scotland, I'm always passionate about my country, so I always let my heart rule my head and I'm going for a win. Good for you. How, how well have you got to know Stevie Clark? Yeah, um, Stevie came in um, a year and a half ago and um, when we had just qualified for the World Cup and he was very complimentary about um, not just qualification for the finals but also in the way that we tried to play the game and our philosophy about playing in the right manner and um, he's, you know, every game um, we touch base with one another and um, as I say, I've been really impressed, especially you know, the runny form of late, to go on eight unbeaten in international football, regardless of who your opponents are, is, is some record. So he's done a fantastic job and it really gives us a lot of confidence going into the game on Thursday. But he's, you know, I think that he's he's very well organised as a coach. Um, he's made Scotland very difficult to beat and, you know, I'm sure that he's, he's going to come up with a good game plan for us on Thursday to get and, a positive result. And he's stuck to his beliefs, Shelley, hasn't he, as well? Because, you know, for a while the results weren't great, the performances weren't great, there was lots of criticism flying his way, lots of advice that he, that he didn't really want coming from outside about his formation and who should be the personnel and all the rest of it. But he, he stuck with it um, and now he's getting some joy. Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, you know, it's working in international football and unless you do that job, you don't realise how difficult a job it is. You don't get the contact time with the players um, to install your philosophy and, you know, Steve has changed, he's changed tactically and the players have bought into it and it's been successful. So it'll be an interesting game because, you know, looking at Serbia, I think they'll set up similar. They'll play three at the back, maybe three, four, two, one. So it'll be a really, really interesting game. But, he has, he's stuck to his principles and um, as you have to do as a manager if you believe in you know, the, the tactical game plan and the way that he wants to play and you know, as I say, the players have, have done fantastic as well. We've been scribbling out our 11 for, for Thursday, just interested <laughs> to know what you think. Um, we've got, so we've got Marshall and goals, McTominay, Gallagher and Tierney as a back three, O'Donnell and Robertson as wing-backs. Uh, Jack and McGregor, the the two sitting midfielders, Christie and McGinn in front of them, and London Dykes as as number nine. How how does that sound to you, Shelley? Sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough because you know I, I know he's quite loyal as a as a manager, and he will want to reward the players that have done well in the previous games. But equally, this is a massive game for everyone in Scotland and. You know, he's got to pick the players that are in form. He'll look at them in training. He'll already have, you know, potentially made up his mind, but maybe, you know, one or two players can change that depending on how they do it training. But, you know, I've been really impressed with Lyndon Dykes. He, he's so strong and he can hold the ball up. But, he, he, you know, I think Serbia in particular, they're not great when they're put under pressure and, and he starts that press. So, and McGinn's been on form. We've got such good players, but, you know, let's be honest, they've got some fantastic talent as well. You know, Mitrovic up front will be a handful. And yeah. Kolarov, I watched the, the Milan derby and he was fantastic. You know, he's still pinging the ball 60 yards from left to right. And so I'm sure that, um, you know, at the end of the day, the best players and the best teams, uh, uh, you know, cope under pressure. And it is a pressure game for us. Well, while I was reading out that team, Craig Moore to my left, socially distanced, of course, was uh, was scrib- making scribbles. Were, would you would you tink- tinker with that team at all? Would you change anything? Would Stuart Armstrong get in for you, Craig? 
Yeah, Shelley, what do you think? You're going to jump in there. Feel free. Uh, what do you think, Shelley? I mean, he he must be he must be making a strong bid based on what he's doing for Southampton at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's been fantastic. I watched him at the weekend. He had a brilliant performance. So I, I definitely think he's one of our most talented players. Really mobile. He finds little pockets of space, which will be needed on Thursday. But yeah, who knows? I mean, because he missed he missed the last camp, obviously, but. Um, he, he would be a key player for us, and he's such a talent. So I could see him getting into the the starting lineup. Shelley Darren O'Dea here. Um, I'm interested in all from an international manager. How much attention do you pay to club form? If you've got players that are performing for you, which Steve Clark has now, why does it matter that Stuart Armstrong's doing well? I think it does because he's playing in the top league. He's playing a top league week in week out. It's a competitive environment and. I think that confidence comes into it as well, Dan. You know that as well. The yeah. best players thrive when, when they're confident. So I do think it matters. But ultimately, international football is different. You know, you can look at club form, but when they come into an international setup, it is completely different. So it's the ones that can handle the pressure, the ones that limit errors, because sometimes it's a small marginals. But... Um, you know, as I say, I think that if we want to score, which we do, you need to get a goal, you need to win. So I, I think that you've got to have creative players in there. So you're going into that, that Serbia game, Shelley, as a fan, but you're going into the, the games I mentioned earlier as the gaffer, of course, uh, away to Portugal, uh, home to Finland. Is that is that? A, I assume that's Tynecastle, the home game, yeah? On the Tuesday? The whole, the home games at Easter Road. Easter Road this time. Road. Okay. Yes. Okay. So those are the teams above you at the moment in Group E. So so those are two big games in, in terms of uh, getting yourself up into a, a strong, challenging position to, to qualify on the back of you beat Albania 3 0 and you, and you lost in, in Helsinki. But there's a, there's a quick chance at home to Finland to, I guess, turn that result around. Yeah, I mean, the, the group itself, you know, Portugal and Finland ourselves, there's not much between the teams. They're all capable of taking points off one another. We were disappointed, obviously, away to Finland. We knew that, you know, the game would pan out the way it did. There wouldn't be many chances. I felt that we were very unfortunate not to come away with something. But we've got a double header, which is tough because we go away to Portugal first and then Finland. But it's the old cliche, it is one game at a time and I, I, I'm really confident in the players, I think they know what it takes um, to win big games and it's not going to be easy but um, it's still very much in our hands, it doesn't change that we've lost that game, it's still the same focus and trying to obviously you know, get six points from the next double header And of course it's worth making the point that, uh, that when we talk about uh, Scotland not having qualified for 22 years. We are talking about the men's team at that point because in terms of the, the women's side, you know all about qualifying for a for a major tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I genuinely, international football, until you're in the shoes of an international manager, it's tough. I mean, I, I've been in charge now for 32 games and... You not, know, not that you're counting. The amount, <laughs> the amount, the amount of training that you get with the team you, you, for example Steve will have got the players in Sunday night Monday they're still in a recovery phase 48 hours and you literally have one or two training sessions so every time you get together so over the three and a half years that in my tenure you know you're lucky that that equates to two months training at a club 
So it's very difficult in that respect. That's why you have to have your philosophy and not change too many things when you get the players in. Um, so it is a, diffi- a difficult role, an international manager. It definitely is. And you've got that adage of the the pressure and the expectations of the full country. You know, it's five million people expect yeah. you to win and get to a finals. I mean, when, when we done it, it generated so much support, so much profile to grow the women's game. And it's not just about the performance arm, it's about the legacy and trying to grow and develop it. And you've got commercial deals. I think I saw somewhere that if the main qualify, it could equate to, you know, just for qualification, nine million euros. I mean, yeah, that in, in terms of the current financial climate would be massive for us as a country. It's a great point that you, you make there, Shelley, because obviously uh, just coming back from Australia recently and with the Women's World Cup uh, being hosted in Australia in, in 2023, um, it's really enabled um, the support from government, which football hasn't necessarily had in Australia. So in terms of you know the, the infrastructure, the facilities, um, I'm sure, Shelley, you're going you're gonna to qualify. I know it's a long way away, but in terms of a World Cup for Scotland. So if you need any inside information about Australia and where you should be based and all those kind of things, uh, I can help you with those things. But it's massive, isn't it? And, and, and it's important that a legacy from these tournaments um, is left behind. Absolutely. You know, it means the women's football, it doesn't matter. You've got to still grow and develop the game. I mean, we, we talk about you know how we haven't qualified for 22 years and other countries other nations are, are developing and, and investing in their their national teams as well and their youth football you know recently i think some of our youth teams were playing russia and they had been preparing for two weeks at youth level so we we have to move with the times as well and it's only when you're successful and you can generate that income um, that, that you can do that and it's been a long time coming I know there will be pressure there but when you play at that level and you're a, a manager at that level the, the pressure's a privilege when you're at the helm and, and taking your country so uh, you know I'm really hopeful that we get over the line on Thursday because it would be massive especially this year in terms of you know the challenges that we've all faced we were talking about Stuart Armstrong at Southampton and just looking at that Scotland squad and the and the, the top names of clubs now that are involved in a Scotland team, Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Southampton, Aston Villa. And and the same goes for the Scotland women's team as well, because if we go back a couple of weekends, Shelley, you'd you'd uh, you'd two players um involved Lucy Graham for, for Everton and, and Caroline Weir for, for Man City in the in the English FA Cup final. Yeah, I mean the, the players are playing all over now. You know, from a from a selfish point of view as a national team coach, you want the players to be playing at the highest level. But you know, I'm passionate about Scotland as a country, so you want to grow the game in Scotland as well and have a competitive environment. But there's so many of our players now playing out with Scotland. For me, as a national team coach, it's great. But we still have a duty to develop the game in Scotland and get the players and professional contracts here, and so that we have a, a competitive environment in Scotland. But the players, you know, now is the depth of our squad is fantastic. We we look at you know kind of ballpark about 30, 33 to forty players that we're choosing from now, yeah. and constantly looking and scouting and analysing their performances. So it, so it's great because for me, you need that competition. And have you got your seat booked in front of the telly for Thursday night? 
I have Rob and I will be watching as a fan nothing tactical for me <laughs> watching as a fan you'll be making notes <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you'll be doing but anyway I hope I hope we're watching a, a winning Scotland team you feeling good about it I am. I know that Serbia are favourites. They, they are hot favourites. There's no doubt about that. And when you look at some of the quality that they've got in, in their team, and I've, I've watched them play a few times as well. I know the results haven't been great of late, but they've still got quality players. Um, but I do think that the way that we've been playing, um, you know, it, it breeds confidence. We're eight unbeaten, so you know, what better opportunity that, that we have going into that game to try and get us over the line. And it doesn't matter how we do it. No, you know, it's exactly. one of these games that it doesn't matter how no. we do it as long as we do it. Now, we'll take the worst game ever as long as we make it through. Shelley, lovely to talk to you as ever and, uh, and best of luck with those games in Portugal and at home to Finland when they come around. Thanks, guys. See you, Shelley. Bye. That's Shelley Kerr, the Scotland women's head coach. Uh, news at six on the way. And because we enjoyed it so much in the last hour, we're going to have another hour of football chat. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Good to have the Scotland women's head coach on the show, Shelley Kerr, uh, looking ahead to those uh, Scotland women's games against Portugal and Finland uh, around the end of the month. And also, she's getting very excited about Thursday night. We all are at Serbia against Scotland in Belgrade, playing for a place at the European Championship finals and talking of that we'll be speaking in about 20 minutes 15 minutes maybe to uh, one of the men who helped Scotland qualify last time around it was 1998 the World Cup in France if your memory goes back that far uh, that's when Scotland last qualified Kevin Gallagher will be with us uh, soon to uh, talk about that and to bring it right up to date and his thoughts on Scotland's chances against Serbia on Thursday night just looking at the Serbian side well when you name some of the, the guys involved for them Thursday. It, it underlines the scale of difficulty for, for Scotland. Uh, Shelley mentioned Alex Mitrovic uh, playing for Fulham or struggling but he is a goal scorer that's for sure. Dusan Tadic has been around a few clubs. He's currently with Ajax. He is a player uh, there is Sergei Milinkovic-Savic who plays for uh, Lazio. There were all sorts of uh, question marks, of course, about who might be available for uh, Serbia in this game because of COVID and because of uh, the problems of travelling. Um, we had high hopes that there might be a few key guys not not attending, but sadly, they've all made it. They've all turned up. Kolarov, uh, who plays with Inter in Italy, he is in the Serbian training camp. The aforementioned Milinkovic-Savic is with Lazio. He's made the trip as well. Well, and in fact, the Fiorentina pair of Milankovic and Vlaovic uh, are there as well. So as it turns out, I think only Filip Juricic, uh, who scored two against Scotland for Serbia in 2013, uh, he's missing. Uh, plus Werder Bremen defender Milos Veljakovic, uh, who wouldn't have played in any case. He's not a regular starter. So in actual fact, there's maybe only one out of uh, that 11 um, the start, the probable starting eleven for Serbia, who's not going to be involved in the game, so it's going to be tough for a Scotland side minus Ryan Fraser, uh, but uh, it's an exciting uh, lineup. In any case, uh, we've been uh, edging our way towards it in the course of the show. Let's talk to a couple of the players now. Let's hear from a couple of the the players in the squad. Starting off with uh, Kenny McLean, 
um, who scored the penalty, of course, the winner in the shootout. David Marshall made the opening save uh, and then Kenny McLean got the winning goal in the semi-final against Israel in the shootout, which set up uh, this final in Serbia. The results we've been getting, the way we've been playing, a lot of that's down to Marshall, I think. To be honest with you, he's been excellent since he came back into the squad and you know it really gives you that confidence at the back. You know, I'm sure the defenders will will tell you more than me, but if you build your foundations on, you know, a good back four, good goalkeeper, clean sheets, which we've been getting recently, then it, it gives the front players, you know, more they can express ourselves a bit more and that's what's been happening. And you know, that momentum's just gathering and we find ourselves in a good place and with a good opportunity. Those were the two main men, weren't they, Darren, in that in that shootout at Hamden against Israel. Kenny McLean scoring the penalty right at the end, and, and David Marshall making the big save right at, at the beginning. He's a player you know well. Yeah, he is. Obviously, I grew up. He's a couple of years older than me. Um, we grew up in the academy together. Brilliant guy, fantastic keeper, and had a, a really good career. Funnily enough, listening to him there, I don't agree with him. I don't agree that it's down to one player. I don't think any one player has made a difference. I think. That sums up uh, or is summed up by the fact that Andy Considine came in, wasn't even in the squad and slots in. I think that team now is a Steve Clark team, similar to what I played against when he was at Kilmarnock. Every player knew their role defensively. Um, very, very stuffy to play against, very difficult to play against, to score against and then have quality players as well. Um, so I don't put it down to, to one player. I think everyone in the in the team at the minute knows their roles and I think it goes back to what we've discussed on a number of shows is consistency of selection, of formation and players knowing when they come into camp who's going to play and where they're going to play and I think they're reaping the rewards for that. It's Darren O'Dea, it's Craig Moore, it's Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show but at least, uh, Craig, that is one position that doesn't have a, a question mark hanging over it because of, because of the consistent performances of David Marshall and even with the, the big shadow of Craig Gordon now hanging over yeah, him, he's, yeah. he's the man in possession. Yeah, very, very much so. And, and like it says, when you when you're on a run of um, you know eight games without defeat, uh, that that builds confidence. Um, Marsh, he's been about forever because yeah. he, I remember him as well. So like back in my day, so and he's had a fantastic career. Um, but I think, Darren, you touched on it. I think the importance of stability, um, consistency in terms of formation, team selection, those kind of things become really, really important with international football. Because you have limited time, right? So you basically, the the the, the boys are travelling in. Uh, they're getting a, they're getting screened. They're getting, making sure who's in, who, who's okay to play. And normally that that team stays fairly consistent. Then when the opportunities come, then obviously the players um, they, they they get plugged in. Scotland have always had great players. Always had great players, and and, and always had players at top top clubs. My um, my my thing about Scotland in last 10 to, 10 to 20 years is they haven't come back and necessarily seem to love playing for Scotland and, and have that real feeling of, of togetherness and speaking about uh, Ireland and, and certainly Australia in, in my time mate, we were desperate to get back we'd get in a, we'd get in a day earlier Rob so we could have a few beers uh, mm. and, and, and it was just a, it was like you, you're with people that you, you've grown up with and, and I feel that that's something that's starting to come back um, and needs to, to, to be ever-present for Scotland to be successful because you're looking to your left, you're looking to your right. These are the boys that are going to uh, drag you through tough times. Mm. And there's going to be tough times Thursday night in Belgrade, I can assure you of that. And it's about that willingness to, to, to be able to dig in, to be able to um, support your, your teammate when he maybe makes a mistake, to say, let's get up and go again. Um, that That is so, so important. And 
I think that, like I said, that consistency with international football, I just feel as if it's very, very important. I think I think in international football, I hear it all the time, it's can we get the 11 best players that are in the best form on the pitch? That's nonsense. It's nonsense. England did it for years with Gerard Lampard, the conundrum with Skulls. They yeah. tried to get the best players and these guys were the best players in the world at the time in their position. It's a team. You need to create a team. And I touched on it. I would personally, just to be clear, I'd play Robertson and Tierney but that was a problem for Scotland because they were trying to change formation for two players. Yeah. I don't care how good they are. You need to pick a team. And how are you going to get a team if you're constantly picking? And that's what I'm touching on Stuart Armstrong. Big fan of him, massive fan. And there probably is a space for him in the team. But just because he's performing at Southampton for a few weeks, well, why does that make a difference? These boys have come in the last few uh, trips and have gone eight, eight unbeaten. That should be the team. That team. And that's how you create team spirit. And Stuart Armstrong then understands... Now, I know it, it's maybe circumstances taken, but he understands. See, if you don't show up, yeah. you won't get back in. Yeah, what it takes. Then, they, then players really understand and respect what it actually takes to get into that starting 11. Correct. And the Scotland, uh, the Scotland call-off has become an endangered species. And, and you don't actually have to go back too far, um, in, even in Stevie Clark's time in charge, where there were a few call-offs and you were thinking, mm. Mm, not mm. sure about that one. Whereas now everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to be involved. And, and that's the sign of a winning team. It's, it's the sign of a tight bond in the squad as well, isn't it? Well, it's a sign, most importantly, that everyone is buying in. That everyone's on board because, like I says, we've all had experiences through, throughout uh, throughout the years where, like I said, oh, that's my hamstring. He was all right. Like, so for that part to go away and for um, Stevie Clark to be able to build that culture uh, within uh, the national team setup for me is, is a massive, massive boost for Scotland. And I love this answer from uh, Kenny McLean talking about the match in in, in Serbia, uh, and he sounds up for it. You know, you need to be excited coming into these games, playing against these top players. It's something that needs to excite you. And if it doesn't, then, you know, you're in the wrong place. But you need to enjoy these moments in your career. They don't come around very often. It will be at the top end of everybody's, what they've done their career, if we can get a result in this this game. And that's the way we need to look at it. It's coming up against quality players. It's what you want to do. It's that leave nothing in the changing room, isn't it? Leave everything on the pitch. And, yeah. you know, this is this is it. This is your chance. You have to. And, uh, you know, these boys actually don't realise it maybe at this, this particular time, but because it's been such a long time since qualification. In Australia, they're still talking about 2005. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, and then the, the, the importance is then that once you do, and, and hopefully it's now that Scotland have that success, you can't stand still. You've got to continue to, to improve and to move forward as a nation. And I think probably for Australia, that was a downfall for us because we had a, a group of players that come together at the right time, 32 years later, all playing at top clubs. And since 2006, we've not really showed up at a World Cup. Uh, so, you know, the importance of qualifying is, is massive because it's just it's, it's great for the game in this country. And, and for, these, for these fellas that are going to go out uh, on Thursday night, this will be a memory, hopefully, if they get the right result, that will live, them, live with them for the rest of their life. I love that enthusiasm from Kenny McLean. And that's a player who, barring a big surprise, won't be in the starting lineup. Important, yeah. Very important that that's the field. So um, I think Scotland are in a really good place. I think I completely agree with Craig. These, especially for countries of the size of Scotland, Ireland, well, Australia is obviously a bigger country, but you get my, my, in terms of football yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. in football and, um, terms. They, they are moments they, these boys can't guarantee this moment will come back they, like you talk Tierney who's playing in the Premier League with Arsenal uh, Robertson who's winning the Premier League these moments mightn't come back you might get one shot so the fact that Kenny McLean is saying them things you'd imagine they're all thinking the same thing this is our shot to, to qualify because it mightn't come around again 
Here's a guy who will be playing. He will be wearing number nine for Scotland in Belgrade on Thursday night. Lyndon Dykes of Queen's Park Rangers, ex of Livingston and Queen of the South. He has been climbing that ladder rather rapidly of late. Looking ahead to the match in Serbia on uh, Thursday night, here's his message. All the boys are focused and everyone's dying to get out there and just show everyone that we, we can do it. And um, Obviously, it's going to be a tough game against a good side, but... With the, with the team that we have, I think we need to go in with confidence. It's a one-off game, so you never know what happens. He just bounced into that squad, as Australians tend to do. He just bounced yeah. in the first time he was selected. Once he'd made up his mind that it was going to be Scotland and not Australia yeah. for, for Lyndon Dykes, he was he was talking a really positive game, Craig, right from right from the word go. And boy, has he delivered. Yeah, I thought I was back home there hearing that, that, that accent. <laughs> uh, nah, but look, Lind- Lyndon's done a fantastic job. And, you know, well, I'm, I'm really pleased for him uh, because his, uh, his progression uh, has been quite rapid. Um, I, I think now he looks like an athlete in terms of the way he presents himself uh, physically. Uh, he's a beast, uh, and you know, so he, he'll be able to occupy two central defenders. He he works hard. Um, he's obviously got an eye for goal, uh, so he's for me quite a, a, a really good, strong um, focal point for for Scotland in terms of the way they yeah. play. It's important that they, obviously, Darren, that you get those bodies around. But when we're talking about your McGinn's, your your Christie's, and Armstrong's, these type of players yeah. being close, they've loads of legs around them. Um, Lyndon Dykes a funny one. I played against him with, uh, when he was at Queen of South. Can't think of the year. A couple of years ago, and twenty did you, minutes. Did you have him in your back pocket? Quite the opposite. <laughs> after twenty minutes, after twenty minutes, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, this is a kid from Queen of the South. This clearly up for it he's playing against a Premier League club you know when you play against a yeah. team he's having the 20 minutes of his life and after 70 minutes I'm thinking who is this guy and then we, we ended up drawing the game and had to play again I'm thinking he's had the game of his life and he did again. again he tore us apart um, mm. and I was thinking how is he playing in the championship in Scotland uh, he's, he's, he was yeah. a top top player and he got his move to Livingston and you're thinking right maybe he'll find his level and he hasn't and, he, and I don't think he's found his level yet yeah. he's gone to international football and he's performing at a really really high level he's gone down to the championship in England, he, he seems to be a later developer, maybe that that's come in. I'm yeah. not sure of his exact no, he, pathway. It would have been because he come from the Gold Coast, and to be honest with you, football wasn't that important to him in Australia yeah, at that particular yeah. time. So coming back to to Scotland, his roots, I, I think he's just he's just thrived in the environment. Uh, and you're right, I think there's more scope. I think there's 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 still improvement. I think he's on the way up. Um, I think he's toughened up a lot, mm-hmm. Darren, because I remember watching him play against Celtic a couple of years ago and uh, he'd he done well in the game, but he's a big man as a striker. He was on the deck too much for my liking. Yeah. Um, and I just think that he's toughened up, you know, I think whereas now it's the central defenders that are on the deck, you know, he's kind of, he has that that attitude and, and that, uh, that that knowing that he's he's a good player and that he can make a difference. He's, he's got a bit of a swagger about him. The, the progression uh, has been spectacular, hasn't it? And 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 there is a bit of Australia in that Scotland squad. Just just his whole attitude, it, it, you know, it's it, that's very non-Scottish, isn't it? To to turn up in front of the media and say, "I want to be a Scotland great." I just don't. Want, I, I don't want to be just part of the squad. I want to be one of the greats. I mean, that, that's a big statement to make. But but he's on the way to to starting to back it up in the first few games. Yeah, I think I think we're talking about Scotland. How long is it, Scotland? have gone without 22 years 22 and you're talking about with Australia it's 32 years one thing I can guarantee is Lyndon Dykes does not is not scarred by Scotland not qualifying for a no. tournament in any shape or form so yeah. he came into that squad thinking international football brilliant and is he the most patriotic guy in Scotland history no absolutely not There's nothing, that happens in Ireland it happens in Scotland mm. Northern Ireland 
So he's not scarred, but he came in in a brilliant form. He was probably like a breath of fresh air that came in. He's not he's not carrying any of the load that these guys that some of them have been through the mill is doing it. You're talking about David Marshall. He's been these guys have been around and and it, it and, and listen, they're performing at a really high level, but you do you get kind of scarred by a little bit. He's not got it and he's come in and, and as I said, he's he's hit the ground run. He's not scarred, but but there also is that difference, Craig. What that I'm probably trying to get at is the the, the difference between the two the national psyches of, of Australia and Scotland. Hey, look, he, he he just backs himself, um, and probably again through not his fault, probably through a lack of knowledge of, yeah, maybe, of what's yeah. of, of what's previously been before, which is great, yeah, which has been before him. So he just comes out and says it how it is. Um, he's got, he, he you know got off to a fantastic start because as a striker, and when you're selected, it's important that you score goals. He got his goal in his first match, I believe, um, and, yeah. and he just you know that's that's the start that he needed. But he just, he, he backs himself. Fair play to him. Ignor- yeah. ig- ignorance is bliss. At times. <laughs> absolutely. You know I mean? he, absolutely. He, come in, he's not, he, he probably can't name the greats that he's talking about. No. But, but that, that's part of the charm of him. He's come in and, and he's, as I said, he's, he's done fantastically well. It's not for now, but it might be not too far away down the line. What about London Dykes alongside Lee Griffiths? Yeah, obviously he's a talented player and he's done really well for, for Celtic for a number of years and everyone knows he's a great finisher as well. So, um, yeah, obviously I think we could do great together. I think we've got a lot of strikers in the squad, but just what, what the manager would want to do and it's really up to him and then we'll see from see what, from what happens there. If and when there comes a time that Scotland are playing two strikers, that would work, wouldn't it, Dykes and Griffiths? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Griffiths is a, is a fantastic uh, goal scorer. Um, when he's in the right frame of mind and physically in, in top condition, um, he just he, he again just takes up really really good areas. Another one that just kind of he, he backs himself, doesn't he? He's not scared to try things, um, but he's an instinctive finisher. Um, so even when he's probably not uh, been one hundred percent, we we've still seen Lee Griffiths come on and, and be able to change games and score important goals. Um, so. Again, the type of player that Lyndon Dykes is, to be able to have someone close, which I actually feel as if he does like to have that support, somebody that he can sort of like bounce off of, um, not a bad combination at all, is it? And talking of people who back themselves to score goals, we're going to be speaking shortly to Kevin Gallagher, former Scotland striker, and he knows all about qualifying for a major finals. The Bull Radio Football Show. We're counting down to Belgrade on Thursday night. Serbia against Scotland playing for a place in the European Championship finals. Can you wait? Uh, against the Serbian side, of course, packed with uh, talent uh, and not as weakened as we thought the team might be in terms of players who might not be able to travel from Italy. Uh, sadly, they've made their flight. They've reached the training camp and Stevie Clark is well prepared for what Serbia are about to throw at him. Yeah, that, that uncertainty won't play any part in our mind. We'll, we'll just prepare for the, the strongest team that Serbia can put on the pitch. And if they lose one or two from that, then we'll still be well prepared. So we just prepare to, to face the strongest team. It seems as if they're going to be one short of their strongest 11. That will be tough enough. But Scotland with a talent-packed team as well. This is the Go Radio Football Show for a Tuesday night with Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Darren D. What central defence we have tonight on the show. I was just thinking, we, we would ne- we're not going to concede many goals with you two in the middle <laughs> of the back four, are we? 
I thought you were. I thought it was a three. <laughs> well, if you're happy to include me I'd, in the three, I'd take the centre position now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be the Scott McTominay. Um, that sounds very unlikely to me. Let's talk to a man who knows all about qualifying for a major finals. Former Scotland striker Kevin Gallagher. Hi, Kev. Hi, Rob. You all right? Bob? Good. Good. Thank you. What sort of state of excitement are you in? Uh, to be fair, I'm actually staying quite calm at the minute. I think oh, yeah. on Thursday. Yeah, I think Thursday I will be nervous, shall I say? Because uh, it brings back a lot of memories and, and speaking to everybody about it. So uh, just hopefully, fingers crossed, we're 90 minutes away from oh. the And you, you know what it feels like. So you know, what uh, what would have been going through your head in the in the couple of days of, of build up to a, a match that can lead to a major finals? Well, you just what you're doing. You're trying to absorb everything that the manager's setting out for you to do. You know, cause it's different tactics when you're at the club level and you're playing at your club and then you're meeting up. By the time you meet up, it's all new tactics. So realistically, the new tactics are going to be there. You have meetings, you, you'll set up, you'll see the lads that you've not seen for a while and, and you'll all be sort of intermingling, social distanced. But in that manner, um, the, you just have to absorb everything, corners, set pieces, throw-ins, because even if you're on the bench, you don't know if you're going to get on and it's a massive game. And, Hopefully the, the staff will, will be able to keep it calm uh, and, and keep it sedate and that will rub off on the players, hopefully. And Stevie Clark himself is calm, so that must help. Yeah, he was never shaking. Even as a player, he was never shaking. I tried to rattle him a few times. <laughs> so I can't see the Serbians trying it for him. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just stuck to his beliefs, hasn't he, all the way through this? And you know, he knew the one, he knew the system he wanted to play. Um, we were maybe struggling to believe a bit at times, but 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 we're, it feels as if we're there now. Well, we're getting results, and that's the main thing, you know. And I remember going back to when Andy Roxburgh and uh, Craig Brown took over from Andy and and changed the system and went to three or five at the back and three midfielders, two attackers, very, very defensive-minded, very counter-attacking, very relayed on set pieces and, and the pace of the front players and then still working hard from the front guys. And and, and that's what he wanted. And, and people were questioning that at the very, very start. And then you get results and then you go unbeaten for a certain amount of games and it's getting that belief. And, and people are watching the games on the television at the minute They're not because they can't get to it. So... Realistically, they're, they're nervous behind the scenes for the guys, and you know, and, and that's what the fans do. That's, the Tartan Army are, are magnificent that way, and it's just a shame that they're not there in their numbers, uh, helping the lads out. Just before the break, we, we were speaking about London Dykes. We were hearing from London Dykes as well. Just his very positive attitude to to everything. Uh, I mean, have you been amazed, pleasantly surprised, like the rest of us, Kev, about the the, the speedy impact he's made? Oh, brilliant! You know. When, it, when his name first came on the list, I was scratching my head. I was thinking, how have I missed him? Uh, this guy in the squad, and, and you know, I mean, looking him up, and I, I got to watch him live against Blackburn Rovers uh, last week as well. So I got a, a real close look at what he's about. And, you know, he didn't do what he did for Scotland. It was a big surprise because what he's done for Scotland has been phenomenal. Uh, he was brilliant. He took his goals well. You know, he's a big handful, good movement. But when I watched him uh, against Blackburn, he was a different player. Uh, playing it a different way that he's, he's club play compared to the national side. So yeah, is that certain different style you've got to do. And maybe the, the national way, the way we play with Scotland, suits him better than what his club football does. But he's doing well. He's he got a couple of goals. So be it. Penalty kicks. I think he's got three penalties. Nothing from outfield yet uh, in the league. But for me, 
he was doing it for this national side. Forget about QPR, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Kev, you, you've obviously had the opportunity. You played in the '98 World Cup, I, I believe. You played the three games, so you've you've experienced it. This current group, which is a strong squad at the moment, um, and I think you know Steve Clark's got a great opportunity to to pick hopefully a steady lineup, but. Being away from home, do you feel that that could be an, a, an advantage for Scotland in this particular matchup? I mean, if the game was at home, obviously you don't have people at the game. I get that, but you still have obviously the family, the friends, maybe that pressure. Being away from home, do they have an oppor- opportunity really to, to to focus and not have to worry about those things? Yeah, definitely. There's no doubt about it. You know, when you go away from home, you know, there's limited communication with your family. Might be the odd phone call from a hotel room just to touch base or. Nowadays, you've got it all on the on the computers, so they'll be, they'll be doing that. So there's still a lot of contact, but you know what I mean? You can concentrate more uh, within the group. Uh, I don't know how Craig is with, with Stephen Reid and that and how they do their meetings and things and whether it was like Craig. and mm-hmm. We always had a meeting nearly every night. Yeah. So And that was just a bit keeping your socks pulled up as well, wasn't it? <laughs> well, everything, socks pulled up, shirts tucked in, you name it, we had it. But no, and, and it's regimented. And I think the national set up that way is, is a way to do it. And I think Steve's trying to sort of pull the guys very similar to the way that Craig ran it. And it'll be more like a club. You know, I mean, it's like travelling away to your club, but you, you've not seen your mates for a while. So, and, and I think that's the way Scotland's getting. And you kind of notice that. And we, we touch on Lyndon Dykes and the way that, that he's fitted into the system. Now, had he not scored in his first couple of games, mm. would he have fitted in the system yeah. the way he has done now? And and that's the question mark. He's done the business, so he's fitted right in. The boys have put arms around him, welcoming him right in. And that's what I think this Scotland squad's all about. It's about being together. And we don't have individuals there that are, that are you're talking top moral class players. We've got good players. And for me, if these guys can play together... Like and if Steve can get them together, mm. away from home is ideal for them. And we and we should take our hat off to to Craig Brown, Darren, and and, and what he achieved. I mean, he was less than appreciated at the time when he when he and Andy Roxburgh at that in that phase were taking Scotland to finals after finals. Lots of people thought oh, the football's dreadful, the football's brutal at times. But but we but we qualified and and it's only with the passage of time that people like Craig Brown get get full appreciation. I think. Yeah, I'm a little offended. You think in '98 I was I have the full knowledge. I was only ten years old or nine years old. But anyway, I'll answer the question. Um, Thank you. That's, Thank you. That's, normal, that's normally the clearest World Cup eh, around about that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I remember it really well. Was, was that you? Was that you crowbarring in a reference to the fact you were very young? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was okay. <laughs> Just I know you're looking across here at the grey hair and you're thinking I'm a bit older than that. But no, no. I, it, listen, Ireland is it was in a similar for a number of years. I had Giovanni Trapattoni, who's world renowned coach, coach at the top top level, won everything, and the fans hated the way he played. But we had success. Um, and now a manager's come in, Stephen Kenny, who's come in, who wants to play this expansive kind of modern day football, and instantly the fans that were craving that are now complaining that he's not getting results. So it's, listen, that's par for the course of being an international manager. You're going to have the whole country with different opinions. That's why we've got call-ins and phone-ins. Everyone can give it. I think you need to be strong in your beliefs. You need to set out what you want, how you believe your your team will get success. And and someone like Craig Brown obviously did it. And and I I believe and and obviously listen to Kevin, uh, Steve Clark has a similar trait. 
It's one. Of, it's another of these games. I mean, there've been so many, and we should be getting used to it, but we're not. Recently, uh, games like the Old Firm game, uh, the Edinburgh derby in the Scottish Cup semi-finals, then there was Celtic Aberdeen. All these, all these games, Scotland games as well. Recently, that that we'd have gone to under normal circumstances, and th- there would have been just a wall of sound, um, and and even in Serbia. Uh, Kev, the, the the Tartan army would have gone there in in, in massive numbers, and it and it would have been just they would, they would have made it just the most amazing atmosphere, and and th- and that gives that adds a, a little tinge of sadness. Obviously, doesn't doesn't it to to what would have been a, an amazing occasion? Yeah, it's it's no doubt about it. You know, I mean, it's, if if the fans had been there, you know, depending on what survey would allow ticket wise, the Tartan army would have took them all. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I don't think it would have come down to what they allowed. They would, they would have just <laughs> barnstormed their way in anyway, to be honest. Yeah, they, they would have, like in the droves, you know what I mean? I remember the 19 World Cup and we stopped at camps. We stopped at, they were, they're all parked up in tents and things and playing football together. And Craig Brown stopped the bus and we jumped off the bus and gone and had a chat with them all. And like 50% of them hadn't had tickets mm. for any of the games yeah. at the World Cup. It was unbelievable, but. We've got such a big following around the world, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't matter where we play, we'll, we'll take thousands and thousands of fans to go and back them because that's what Scotland's about and that's, I mean, that's why the Tartan Army are loved around the world and people are talking about it, it would be good to get Scotland back and get that Tartan Army back in the, the vocals of uh, a big tournament again. I think, yeah, I think I've seen now games, you're talking about Rangers Celtic and I was watching that game thinking this is desperate without fans. Mm. That would be the epitome of the lot is going to a, a major finals without your fans. So Euro 2012, that's all I remember is the fans flooded it out into the hotel. You couldn't move, mm. couldn't get out of your rooms for it. And it was, at times, don't get me wrong, it was a little bit inconvenient, but it was brilliant getting on the bus, just going to train and there's just people having a party. It was the best It was the best feeling. It's what you remembered. And then remembering back to when I was a kid watching the the national team, it was the best times going around to people's houses to get a barbecue because the, the team were playing, you support them, win or lose, it didn't really matter, just been there was fantastic. Um, so I really, really hope Scotland can qualify and the Tartan Army can go, um, but who knows in, in these times. Talking about great atmospheres, take us back, Kev, to to the to just that moment of achievement, that moment of qualification. I mean, you were all over it with with your goals, um, but just that the the feeling of celebration, having having made it. Oh, it was it was weird because going into the Latvia game, we were nervous, uh, and it proved it probably for about thirty minutes of the game, and until we got a little bit of foothold, and then at the end of it, you know, we got a little bit of luck. Uh, by me scoring just before half time and you think okay, that's it it settled our nerves it settled the, the half time team talk as well and so for us really the, the, half, the second half we kind of knew what we had to do and it suited us because as I said we went through the campaign with the best defensive record uh, one of the best defensive records in Europe and you know, I mean it was going to be very difficult for, for teams to break us down and that's what happened and to get the second goal that was it with I mean we, we were on the, the relief that came through everybody you could feel it in the celebrations we jukebox and we're all over with them and we're all in there together in the big huddle and, and, and celebrating with them it was just you could feel the tension coming out of everybody's shoulders uh, and it was like yes that's us we're 99% there now like, we can't do it and then it was switched back on again and when the final whistle went it wasn't 100% sure whether we qualified or not wasn't it so we had to wait yeah. Uh, and I just remember going back to the hotel at the bar, watching <laughs> football with Colin Hendry because we we were travelling back to England the next morning, and uh, 
waiting for the result to come up to make sure that we qualified and uh, I think everything else went for a blur after that. Yeah, we we should say to younger listeners that jukebox refers to Gordon Jury. <laughs> what a legend Jukey is! Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, you, do you see do you see parallels, Kev, between that team and this team? It's, it's kind of different because we were based on uh, Craig had based us very very defensive minded. You know, it kind of went three centre halves, very defensive, three centre midfielders sitting deeper. Uh, two strikers that chased and harassed, uh, and two kind of central defenders playing as wing backs at times, and they never went for the full backs, which probably would have helped us like the way we've got them now, the Andy Robertsons and that. We could we had Jackie McNamara's and, and Craig wouldn't play Jackie, he'd rather play like a Christian Daly there. Even Craig Burley was playing as a wing back at mm. one stage. Yeah, so he, he loved that, very, didn't very, he? Very, <laughs> oh, I, tell you, it's, I mean, but. Craig was having a great season in that world, reading up to that World Cup with Celtic in midfield and he was banging goals in left, right and centre but we still wanted to play a wing back and we're like, why? Because look at the way he's playing for Celtic and I think against Norway I think Craig took a lot of frustrations out and got his goal took it very well and went in the Morocco game like and I think he was still I jumped up with adrenaline and, and took it out in the Moroccan boy and gets a red card with his dyed blonde hair which didn't work for him so uh, but no, that's that was just us, you know. I mean, that was it was kind of weird because you're mingling with these guys for I don't know, ten years, uh, and it was like playing at a club, but uh, you didn't see them for, for I don't know a couple of months of the, the year, every so often, and it was it felt like I don't know you're away from home missing the family. The mar- so the margins as well at that level, Kev, like the you know they're minimal, aren't they? We we ended up uh, in the 2006 campaign getting to around a 16 against Italy, um, late penalty, late drama. Um, Lucas Neal probably gives I think Grosso the, the opportunity to go down, but you know Italy then go on and and win the World Cup. So you know you've had that experience, but the, the margins if you get that opportunity to play in a World Cup, they're so small, aren't they? Between success and failure. Oh, massively, massively. You know, that we, we look at the game against Brazil and very similar to yourselves. Uh, when, I, when I look at that game and we tried our hardest, we get caught with a set piece, which we didn't through the whole campaign of the World Cup, never got done with a set piece. And we got done with a set piece from Brazil, who don't really head yeah, the ball, yeah. uh, which massively shook us really up. We couldn't believe it. Uh, and then the freak own goal. And you think, like what what did we do to deserve that in the opening game of this World Cup? Because we played well, we created chances, and we actually gave the Norwegians and the Moroccos uh, a sort of an idea of how to play against Brazil and beat them. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Norway went out and took four off them, so it was unbelievable. And it was just that thing, we were so close to qualifying uh, in that final game, and uh, to be fair, if I was a betting man, I would have bet on Brazil to beat Norway. And then it was down to us in Morocco. And unfortunately, for me, watching the videos back when I got home, Morocco, to me, were the better side out of the three of us in that, uh, or out of the other three teams out of that campaign in that little group session. Yeah. Uh, and they were a good side and, and we underestimated them in the final game. Yeah, sure did. Is that Gallagher TV room on Thursday night going to be rocking? I think I'm getting locked away, like, cause we just got, a, we got a pup, like, like, was he eight months old now, like, and, and my wife knows, like, I rant and rave at the telly, especially when, like, Scotland are playing and things like that. And 
So I'll be get probably get locked in the back room out the way, so I can make as much noise as possible. A padded, a padded cell might be an idea for you by the sounds of it. <laughs> oh no, I've not hit that stage yet. No, you never know. Kev, lovely to talk to you, and let's hope we're celebrating a Scotland win on Thursday night. Yeah, it's good to catch up, guys. Have a good night. Good Cheers, man. Kev. All the best. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Well, we're enjoying the Go Radio Football Show. Hopefully you are two uh, star guests, great guests as well. In the first hour, Shelley Kerr, the Scotland uh, women's coach, was with us. And we've just heard from Kevin Gallagher, who helped Scotland qualify for the 1998 World Cup. And yes, that was the last time we were at major finals. Can we put that record straight on Thursday? It's just over 48 hours away, Belgrade, for Serbia and Scotland, building up the excitement towards Thursday. Thursday night. Uh, let's hear from uh, some more famous faces in the Scotland squad. We've heard from Kenny McLean and Lyndon Dykes already, and the manager Stevie Clark. Next up, Scott McKenna. Might there be a place for Scott McKenna? We don't think so at the moment, but uh, well, he, he's certainly on form for Nottingham Forest. He's got over his injury problems. He's back in the Forest side, and he's looking ahead to the big game. Being part of the squad, you just want to push and you want the best for everyone. Whoever's playing will, will be doing their best to, to try and help us qualify and it's up to the rest of the lads that aren't playing as well to be there to support them and push them as hard as we can. They do have a, a good front line and one that uh, one to be very wary of, but there's absolutely no reason why we, why we can't stop them. And we've mentioned it, Darren, earlier on in the show, just that, that strong squad situation, the fact that Scotland uh, had problems uh, in the last squad, had to go out and get some extras, including Andy Considine, came into the squad, straight into the team. Two brilliant games. He'll be unlucky to be left out. And, and there's Scott McKenna knocking on the door as well. Yeah, and it's testament to the to the guys that have come in. It's it's testament to Steve Clark to be able to bring in. It's not easy as a manager to be able to bring different players in. I think that's... That shows um, how well the players know what what the manager is looking for, and yeah, you look at Scott McKenna and you, you think I think of there's a bit of debate where where Declan Gallagher played, but there's no there's no real argument to that. I don't see how you'd bring Scott McKenna in. He finished last year in the league below Motherwell. Declan Gallagher had a fantastic season last year. He's not a, a kind of seasoned pro at international level. He's certainly a really good player, but uh, I don't see. See the need for much change, and I don't. I think he'll now need to bide his time to to wait for a chance to come back in. But it's funny, isn't it, Craig? Uh, that we Scotland were scraping around for so long for players in you your position. Yeah. You two guys, yeah. cent- central defence. Scotland yeah. were really toiling, and now we're able to leave some really good players like Scott McKenna out. Yeah, no, it's a great position to be in. Although you still have potentially a, a McTominay, for example, where you go, is he is he a central defender? What do you, of a what three? Do you think? And look, we, we we've seen that he's made mistakes at, at that level, and that's not his fault. It's just because he wouldn't have worked too often uh, in that in that position. Uh, I'm not sure whether there's a goal. Uh, he, he gets attracted to the ball, which is something he would yeah. do as a midfielder. He want to go out and press, but obviously the space and the danger was behind him, uh, and 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 Scotland conceded. So look. Being in in a situation where you you have choices, uh, I think is very very important. Uh, but you know we've touched on it a number of times tonight. It's it's that stability, and even the players, you know, you heard McKenna there. Even the players that potentially are on the on the fringes, 
the way that they're speaking and, and about about supporting whatever team is out there, it's this it's this buy-in that that can can really be, I think, very important. They're gonna you know away to Serbia. We, we mentioned the names at the start. You know, Mitrovic, Tadic. We'll just stop there. They're, they're the quality. The, yeah. the rest is the rest is there. I mean, technically, uh, really good players. They have huge quality. But what also is in the Serbian mentality is if things don't go, and they don't go for you, they can turn a little bit and they start to maybe point a finger and all of a sudden they'll, you know, it's your Talk, Are you talking egos? There's a little bit of that, you know, so that team-orientated um, feel that you're getting and we're hearing from from Scotland, it can take them a long way because if you if you catch Serbia, we know what they can do on their day. They can challenge and, and, and be highly competitive against the best teams in the world. But you, you catch them on a day where it's, it's not quite right, then you've got a real opportunity and hopefully that's the case obviously not for Serbia but for Scotland on Thursday night Yeah, I think I think touching on the defenders coming in these defenders haven't improved greatly they're, they're still the same defenders that Scotland were saying Is it the system? It's the system it's yeah. the consistency it's the fact that they know their jobs it's the fact that the midfield players know their jobs the front players know their jobs I played at international level against some of the best strikers in the world I, if I was to go 1v1 against them I'd have been burnt every time I didn't have the physical capabilities I wasn't a good enough player to play them but I played in a team with a manager that had everyone doing their job around me so the amount of defensive actions I had in the game were limited it was about my communication to my teammates about being in the right position right time if you expose yourself to top top players yeah. there's not many players that can live with them so don't tell me Declan Gallagher Scott McKenna Andy Constantine they've improved greatly as individuals they've not they've improved Scotland as a team and that's the biggest, biggest thing. And Steve Clark has now created a system and, it, and it's a, a system, Craig, that's succeeding. And it means that if he wants to, and you presume he will want to, he can just slot Kieran Tierney into the left side of, of that back three because that's exactly where he's playing for Arsenal. Yeah, that, that's, that is exactly where he's been playing for, for Arsenal and, and it seemed to have settled into that, uh, that role quite well. Um, you know the, the the issue we touched on earlier on about you know Tierney and, and Robertson obviously two fantastic players, um, but the talk isn't necessarily about these two players now. It's about a system. It's about um, you know the eight consecutive games without defeat. It's it's not about two players. Uh, and you know Tierney will do a great job wherever he, he plays. Um, you know it's it's a massive night. I think sometimes if you can overthink these. Uh, big moments, uh, it can be a concern. It's like you, you know what you're going to be up against. The work, the preparation has kind of has happened, and and if people go out there and do their jobs, uh, and make sure that the you know the structures well, there's no gaps between the lines, and when they get the opportunity to go forward, they're getting bodies um, in, in good areas, getting numbers in the box, and creating chances. I think simplify it. You'll know, you'll know now coaching with the young fellas as well. Like you, sometimes you, you've really got to simplify it because if you make things complicated for footballers, they can, <laughs> they can struggle. You need to be clear. You need to be clear in your message to, to, to any player, whether they're young, old or, or, or whatever. And, and, I keep, and I, we go back to it. International managers, they only have, only have two, yeah. two days on the training pitch. So the message needs to be even more consistent because over, it's over a period of time that the message becomes clear. And that's what I think Scotland Scotland have. And the fact that we're even 
And by the way, I've played against Andy Considine for a long time. I've an enormous amount of credit. But the fact that we're even saying, will Kieran Tierney come back in for Andy Considine? Mm. That just shows you the level of where Scotland are at. Um, So I I go back to it. It's now coming because there's a consistency of selection. They know what they're coming in. And it's no longer, how are we going to fit these players into a system? It's how, how, how is the system going to accommodate these players? if that makes sense. So rather than saying we have to play Tierney and Robinson, no, we don't necessarily. We, they need to fit into the, the way Scotland want to play and I think that's really, really important. Back to Scott McKenna, we've been talking about players who are not associated with any of the, the Scotland failures of the past and, and he certainly qualifies but he still feels the pain of that failure to qualify. That would be very special, obviously, I think. Was it the, the last European Championships that all the home nations were there apart from Scotland? So, um, obviously, hopefully, we can be there this time and it would just, I think it would be a proud moment for absolutely everyone in the squad and just for the whole country, it would be a great boost for everyone. And how much do we want it? How much does Scott McKenna want it, even from a player who probably won't be starting Thursday? want it from, for everyone else just as much as we want it for ourselves. Um, of course, it will be absolutely massive, but we, we can't get too caught up in it all. Obviously, we're aware of what's at stake, but we can't let that affect the performance. But I'm just, I'm just delighted to be back involved. It was, it was hard missing out on last month on injury and watching in, but I was still in the, the group chat with the lads and I was absolutely delighted for them all. All these comments are telling us about a squad that is full of friends, full of pals who yeah. want to do it for each other. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, there is also a competitive nature and there has to be a competitive nature because I still want to be playing if I'm in that squad and yeah. you still need to have that uh, that ruthlessness uh, about um, going out and you know you get that jersey you, yeah we're mates we're mates and, and, and we're a strong team that sort of stuff but I don't want to give it up to anybody else uh, and, and I think that's important as well yeah yeah. you don't lose the, the competitive streak let's hear from uh, Stephen Reid he's uh, one of the backroom boys he's just taken up a, a club role uh, in the last little while with uh, Nottingham Forest I think he's first uh, first team coach now with Forest but he's still very much part of the Stevie Clark coaching team and uh, he's been talking about how Scotland are, are turning an international setup into a club atmosphere I think the manager wanted to get a bit of that club type of feel into the international setup and that's that's what I felt as a player myself at international level you want to come away and you want it to feel more of a, a club than a group of players that are chucked together and not necessarily always looking forward to it but the the, the feel has been good I think the players are enjoying meeting up you know every single camp and that's just progressed and progressed and that's really important Darren isn't it when you've got so little time together to, to spend on the training ground yeah, I always think, what does that mean? Club. What it means is seeing the same faces every day, getting relationships with people. So it keeps relating back to what I'm talking about. If you keep bringing in the form players and changing up the team, you'd never get a team atmosphere. You just get a bunch of really good players or really good players in really good form, but it doesn't create a team. And what Scotland are getting now is is a team feel. And you're, I like hearing from Scott McKenna and McLean and they're talking and they, you can hear they mean it, that they're desperate to qualify, even if they're not going to play. And that is really important. But the only way you can create a club atmosphere is get consistency because club atmosphere to me is seeing the same guys day in, day out, doing the t- same things, going through bad times with them, going through good times, sharing good moments, bad moments and creating relationships off the back of it. So consistency, it comes down to consistency and Scotland have finally got it. 
the noises are good. Let's hope the result is as well. Thanks a lot to Darren and to Craig. Good to have your company. Good to have your chat yes. in the last couple of hours. We're back tomorrow night, of course. And we'll have Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry in the same room. How will relations be between the pair of them? Because it's the big match in the League Cup tonight. The go grudge uh, Ferry against Fergie. Kelly Hearts against Peterhead. All the reaction to that one coming up tomorrow night as we continue our build-up to the big match in Belgrade on Thursday as well. So join us again tomorrow night. Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show, 5 till 7. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go!